All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Brad, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. NBA in full swing, NFL in full swing, Steelers on a three-game W streak. Feels real good. You know, both our teams kind of turning it around, giving us a little bit of hope after things were looking gloom in the middle of the season. So I know there's a lot of teams that would switch places with the Steelers right now. Yeah, we don't have a ton planned for the pod today, so I'm just going to put you on the spot. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but what, how are you feeling about the Steelers right now? Um, I'm feeling real good, but there's also something that I'm super nervous about. So obviously the Steelers start off bad. Steelers get going good, which is nice for me. But our next two games are the Bears and Lions which I think are incredibly winnable games. And I don't want to look too far ahead to us possibly being six and three. But what makes me nervous is I've literally been the king of destroying the Lions this year. I've really held nothing back. Well, while we play the Bears on Monday night and have a short week, the Lions are on a bye getting ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do not want to give the Lions their first win. So I'm... Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, I am going to Pittsburgh. I will be there for the game Monday night against the Bears. Um, our live Sunday morning podcast will probably be done from a hotel room in Pittsburgh. I'm kind of looking forward to you know, doing that. Boots on the ground in the stadium. But, uh, yeah, I love where they're at. But, man, I, re- I really don't want to give the Lions their first win. I'm already thinking about it two weeks out. Yeah. Um. How do you feel that, in, in my opinion, you were, and maybe it wasn't a heavy seller, but you guys were sellers at the deadline. What does that mean to you? Obviously, letting well, Melvin Ingram grow to the Chiefs for, it sounds like nothing, a six-round pick. Yeah, um, I thought we would get rid of Ebron as well, but it, it was clear, you know, three three days before the trade deadline, Melvin Ingram voiced his opinion loudly that he believes he is better than Alex Highsmith and is upset that Highsmith is the starter over him. And I think, you know, for I speak for a lot of Steelers fans, when for most players, 95, 96% of players, it's like, well, if you don't want to be here, we'll figure it out. Well, you know, we'll just figure it out. And I think Tomlin said it best when it's rather, it's better to have volunteers than hostages. And we don't want to keep him on the team if he's upset and begruddled because Alex Highsmith's playing really good football. So unless we get an injury and then it's like, oh, he's there, you know, but we're not going to predict injuries. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, as far as New England, I mean, uh, what I've seen over the last couple of weeks. First off, I should say this because I've been hard on New England, and a lot of people have been hard on New England, and it's deservingly so. But outside of their first game, where they, and again, they should have won the game, they fumbled multiple times, including on the game winning, the potential game winning drive. They played Tampa really tough. They played the Cowboys really tough. Um, there's another, there's another, oh, the, the Saints was like the one game on the year that we just really weren't our best. And I honestly thought we would win that game. That was one of the games I, I thought for sure we'd win. Um, and we've been really good in every other game. So it, sitting here at four and four and you only have one really good win against the Chargers, but you were able to basically handle your other opponents as you should handle them, you know, dropping 54, which is the most anybody scored this year on on the Jets two weeks ago. I feel really good moving forward. 
I think New England has a lot of problems still. And are they a Super Bowl team? No. Are they a 12-win team like I initially predicted? Probably not. But the more and more I look at their their schedule, which is why back in the in the spring, me and, not the spring, but the late summer when we were doing our breakdowns, me and you both kind of went in on like New England should get to 10 wins. And I think we lost sight of that because of how they started. But, I mean, listen to these next couple games here and tell me that they don't at least have a chance. Panthers. Winnable, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with uh, Christian McCaffrey. We don't know what he is coming off IR. He, he's supposed to be back. But regardless, the Panthers aren't the same team right now. They're just There's a lot going on there. Um, Browns. It's a mess right now. Falcons. No Calvin Ridley. Iffy defense. Titans without Derrick Henry. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what they are, but. And then you got the Bills. Tough game. Not not going to overstate the Bills. But it's divisional. And we have them twice in, in the matter of three weeks, which I love. I love that it's so close because that's kind of like less time for them to prepare, less time for a prepare, and we can kind of just like show our hand and whatever. The Colts are in there, the Jags, and the Dolphins. Don't tell me this team can't find a way to get to 10 wins. I think they can. Like, like w- what I've seen thus far, and the only game that I think is an outlier is probably the Dolphins game, because now looking back, the Dolphins are really bad. I, I They're think, not good. I think 10 is tough for me, because here in that schedule, I think either 4-5 and five or 5-4. Five and four. I see them really going tit for tat here. So I, I, I have them at 9-8. and eight. If they steal one, you know, they can be a 10-win team. But maybe they give up one they shouldn't have. Again, they should have beat the Dolphins the first time around. But as far as the Patriots go, they don't turn the ball over. They run it well. And the way they're coached defensively and the way that their defense is playing, they're good They're good on all three facets of the game. They don't make many mistakes. So you do still have to play a good game, a complete game, to beat the Patriots. So, I mean... I, I think they're in a good spot. Um, again, both of our teams, how it started, I really like how they've turned it around. They've seen what they've had, and it's taken about four, four or five weeks, and they decide, okay, this is what we're really good at, and they've been doing that. So, And that's yeah. what happens when you have Bilicek and Tomlin. You know, you're always yeah. going to be able to – you can never count your team out because they're always going to figure out how to do what helps them win, and that's why you got to love your coach. Same as Sean Payton. I think he falls in that category. And what we assume and then what we assume Andy Reid and the Chiefs will do at some point and start to figure it out and turn it around. I mean, it took his second start and look what Pete <laughs> Carroll is able to do with Gino. I mean, I know they were playing the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're they, supposed they, to do. They used it. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good point there. Uh let's go ahead and get to the mailbag. We got a couple of questions coming in. Seems like every week we get the at least two of the same guys and then some others, but uh, Jamie, weekly writer here. So, first off, if you guys don't know Jamie, he's a Broncos fan, okay? NFL, his question is, shout out to Von Miller. Go F yourself, San Diego. <laughs> Does the trade to the Los Angeles Rams free Donald from the double team or help Von look prime going 1v1 pass rush? I think what he's trying to say is basically, is Vaughn good enough to free up Aaron Donald? And does he exploit 1v1 pass rush being in L.A.? With all due respect, it could have been T.J. Watt. It could have been Miles Garrett. It could have been Khalil Mack. Nobody's pulling the double team off of Aaron Donald. You simply <laughs> can't. You can't do it. 
You just can't do it. And it yeah. speaks volumes to how good he is. However, yes, I believe Von Miller will exploit one-on-ones. I mean, he's Von Miller. I don't think he's lost a step. I mean, coming off the injury last year and now being on the Rams and walking in that facility, dapping up Aaron Donald, knowing he's one guy down, I just – you're so motivated to do well. I, I'm i not necessarily going to say it's going to be sacks and this and that, but I think we're going to see a lot of Von Miller one-on-ones, you know, and it, yes, I believe Von Miller is going to – you know, people kind of forgot about him in Denver. They've got seven linebackers on IR. Teams could really focus Von Miller when he was on the field – um, I know he got a sack when they played the Steelers, but again, we were putting a lot of tight ends running back to that side. You now have Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey kind of seals one half of the field, takes away the best receiver. So it's just such a headache. I couldn't imagine planning for this offense. And yes, I think Von Miller is going to be tremendous. I have no reason to think otherwise. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that Von Miller has been overshadowed by injuries. He's been overshadowed by the fact that he plays for a bad team. He's been overshadowed by the fact that he's been double teamed for so long since that 2015 Super Bowl team has been decimated since then. So it's just like Von has been a shell of himself in a way. But I think this is his coming out party if he still has some left in the tank, which I believe he does. And I think this is a huge gift for the Rams, a team that both of us already had as a top four, three, four, five at the, at the, at the floor, a fifth team um, every week this year in, in the league. So uh, Kyle writes in outside of the Von Miller trade. Do you feel the deadline was quiet? Uh, I'll, I'll go start here first. Yes, I do. Um, Unfortunately, there were some, you know, some mishaps in in Las Vegas that, you know, overshadowed the deadline. But ultimately, when you look back at the last couple of weeks, there was multiple trades that went down. But I thought the deadline was quiet in the sense that I thought I was pretty sure Brandon Cooks or Odell was going to get dealt. And neither did. There didn't seem to be a big name skill player that was dealt. The biggest name, obviously, Von Miller. But defensive trades don't have the same impact or the same flair, if you will, as a, as an offensive skill player, like a wide receiver, tight end, or uh, running back. But Zach Ertz, obviously being traded, Von Miller getting traded, Stefan Gilmore getting traded, uh, Melvin Ingram getting traded. Is that the big names? Is that the four big names? Is there another one I'm missing? Yeah. And some of those you could argue might not even like Melvin Ingram. Is he really a big name anymore? Like we'll have to wait and see, you know, after the knee injury he suffered in LA. But I, I agree. I think it was kind of a dud. I think we want it to be like the NBA where you do see stars go back and forth and things of that nature. But essentially, you're at a point in the NFL where if you have a good quarterback, you have to hold on to him. If you have one of the elite running backs, you have to hold on to him. You're not going to offload him. And when it comes to wide receivers, we want to see like, you know, Cooks or OBJ, some star wide receivers on the move. But yeah. the thing is, is there's so, so much wide receiver talent coming through the draft and in third and fourth guys that it's like teams are like, I'm not paying a third for that guy. I'll give you a sixth and a fifth neck like two years from now. Like the value just isn't what teams want for some star or maybe declining wide receivers when I mean, shoot, we had what, 21 wide receivers drafted three years ago. You know, we're still seeing four or five wide receivers in the first round every year. And there's just more and more coming out. So, unfortunately, I think the NFL is far away from seeing too many stars trade at the deadline, especially offensively. 
Yeah, and nothing against Odell, because I still think Odell can be a productive player in the right team. But tell me how you can justify giving up, as you alluded to, uh, you know, higher than a third round pick when the amount of receivers that have gone the first three rounds that have been day one starting and productive. You You could almost name any team in the NFL right now. And there's a wide receiver playing for them that they've drafted in the last two or three years. Not New England, but yes, you're right. Well, but I'm just saying like probably like 20 at least 25 teams that you could just think of off the top of your head that, that have had a good wide receiver that they've drafted. And they're successful. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I can I can name multiple at the top of my head that were drafted outside of the first round and that are good. Team yeah. TJ Terry McLaurin, uh, DK Metcalf, uh, those off the top of my head. I mean, even the Browns have Donovan People Jones, who's worked out. Say, you just look at the AFC North: Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool for the Johnson, Steelers. Claypool. You have uh, that Anthony Schwartz and DPJ for the Browns. You have at all three years: Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, Jamar Chase. Yeah. You look at Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman, like guys that they're already drafted, and that's just one division. You could just move to the next one and do the same thing. DK yeah. to add to Tyler Lockett, Justin Jefferson to add to Adam Thielen. Like, th- there's just wide receivers all over the place just being pumped out at a crazy rate. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, for what Sala accomplished, Jets head coach Sala, if you guys are missing on that, accomplished with a backup quarterback versus a good Bengals team, do you see the Jets winning more games? Or is this just the case of no tape on Mike White? I'll start real quick. I'm really glad you pointed out, is this just the no tape on Mike White? First off, I do want to say, I am a big, big believer, and you don't, don't overreact when somebody loses to a quarterback that nobody has tape on. But I also am a big believer that it's huge when you can take a quarterback with basically no experience, throw him in a game, and your team comes out with a win, no matter what the team is, no matter what the circumstance. Um, and that is a good Bengals team. In my opinion, that's a really good Bengals team. And that Bengals team, I think, lost when scoring 30 points. Didn't they lose like 33 or 30 or 20? Maybe they High 20s. Regardless, they the Jets played a really great game. Do I think Mike White is um, a bad quarterback that just happened to have no tape on him? I don't think so. I think he looked really good, actually. I've watched most of that game because I was so intrigued by the Bengals. But um, I'll let you go. But for the most part, for me, do I see the Jets winning more games? If Mike White plays like he did, they are capable of winning more games. But that doesn't change the fact that their roster is so bad. They're going to have to play their ass off much like they did against Cincinnati. Um, It was truly a perfect storm. I don't believe more in the Jets. Just a couple things. One, like you pointed out, Mike White, no film. It's kind of like the Steelers. They came out and beat the Chargers a year or two ago with Duck Hodges. He was never going to be a great NFL quarterback, but one game lightning in a bottle, he came out and played well. What happened in that game also is he had amazing defensive play. The Jets defense took the ball away from the Bengals three or four times, including when the Bengals had a five-point lead late in the fourth quarter. They come out and fumble the ball, and Jets get it. So it was a perfect storm there, and you have a Jets team who's terrible and a Bengals team who just – buried the Ravens at the Ravens puffing their chest out you know coming off a high emotional battle where everything was working 
and then they hit a roadblock immediately the next game. Their offense wasn't working. They started looking on the sideline, dude, who's going to make a play? We need someone to make a play to get us out of this. And the plays that were made by the Bengals were all turnovers. And even with all of that, they still almost beat the Jets. Again, the Jets' other game, the Titans, out two wide receivers, the best pass rusher, their punter, a tight end. They were without, they were decimated, and it took overtime to beat the Titans. Granted, they're two ends of the Titans and Bengals, two of the top seeds in the AFC. But man, they were just perfect storm, and that's why it's hard for a team to go 0 and 17 like the Lions are this year, because there's so many times where you can get just a team at the wrong time for them, right time for you, new quarterback trying to prove himself. I don't have any more belief in the Jets. It was a fantastic performance. It knocked out a ton of survival picks in everyone's league across across the nation. But, no, I don't believe in the Jets. And uh, Did you have the Bengals? I had them in one of my entries, yeah. But there was 27 left and 13 had the Bengals. So I was kind of okay with them getting popped because I still have another one. And that's how it goes. Yeah. No, sometimes you got to sacrifice yourself for take out half the field. I get it. Um, I will say this. If, you, if you're asking me who can the Jets still be, I think they have probably a win against the Dolphins in them potentially this year. We'll see um, if they're capable of beating another team. But I don't have high hopes for the Jets. And we'll, time will tell on Mike White. Time will also tell it's, it's if Trevor Simeon plays as well as he did, you know, last Sunday. There's a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, Cooper Rush played really well for the Cowboys this past week. There, Like I said, there's something to be said for a quarterback that can step in and win because that means your your team rallies around them. You're, you're well-coached, typically. Um, there are some good things to say, but there's also some things to say, like there, there's no film on these people. So, like, you can't hold, hold justification of a team for one game. Agreed. That's all for the mailbag. Um, a couple early discussions. Are you ready for uh, some good power rankings here? Let's just run the power rankings. Let the people know halfway who's the, who's the best. Yeah. Um, this was a, this is a really difficult week for me. I was I was really struggling with where I can put teams. I will say this: I'm 100% okay with my top 11. I took away a 12th this week. I have 11 teams, um, and I have the 11th team. As a team I wanted in the top 10, I just couldn't fit them in. Here we're at. Number 11, Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not going to beat them up. Like, we just we just spoke about it. No tape on Mike White. On the road. Uh, your team still scored pretty much at will. Uh, unfortunately, you just weren't able to stop a, a red-hot Jets offense that played their best game in probably three years, actually. Um, and you almost won the game still. So I got Bengals at 11. Number 10, you kind of scoffed at this last week, and maybe maybe you think differently this week. I have the Saints at 10. I, what they have done this season, and I, I've said this, I've said it many times now, but I said it definitely back when we did the division breakdown. I didn't know how to grade the Saints. I didn't know how to, uh, to even analyze them or start to predict them because truthfully, they're a team I could see losing every single game the rest of the way but I could also see them winning random games here and there. And they've done that. And, and what they did in, for whatever reason, they own Tom Brady right now. I mean, they just, they have become the new Miami dolphins of the NFC North, except they beat him more often. I mean, uh, they make him look 
I don't want to say pedestrian because everybody that's trying to make Tom Brady seem like he played a bad game when he threw four touchdowns. I mean, that's just the difference between the GOAT and somebody else. But regardless, he had a, a worse game than what he would typically do. And a lot of that has to do with the Saints defense and how they've been able to match up. Coming in at nine, this is where things start to get tricky because like, I, I just I don't know what to do with this team. I have them at nine. They could be higher. They could be lower. It's the Ravens. Uh, obviously off this past week, don't have a lot to go off of. The last time we've seen them, they get obliterated by my 11 team. <clears throat> but they, are, they were my preseason pick to win the North. I've reestablished them as my pick to win the North. But now the Bengals are in there. It, it's really tough. I still like the Ravens. Number eight, and I do believe that this is probably the peak and this team starts to go down from here. Way too much turmoil. But off the bye week, I just thought this is probably a good spot for them. The Raiders. Um, obviously, John Gruden situation, Henry Rugg situation, which we didn't even really touch on. But everybody at this point, if you're listening, they understand what happened with Henry Ruggs. This entire team has gone through just too much. And I, they didn't bring anybody in at the deadline. They don't have a lot of pieces to replace what they're losing. They're winning. That's why they're on this list. That's pretty much it. Seven. I dropped this team even after winning this week, and I loved their win. I predicted it right. But now this team take, takes a massive blow when they lose the King. Uh, no Derrick Henry the rest of the way for the Tennessee Titans. I have them at seven. Could they be higher? Yes, if they were fully healthy. Yes, they have a 100% argument to be healthy or um, to be higher. But right now I have to go into next week, and I just I, we'll see what happens. The Colts missed an opportunity this past week. Let's say that, though. Six, Buffalo. Probably too low for them, but these top six teams have all arguments yeah. to be number I, one. I, I did want to butt in once we got to this point. The top six is filthy. Like, you it can really have them in any filthy. order. They are so good, and they're the clear top six, in my opinion. We have the same teams, but I you can't be mad at any spot when as we I, go further, but I'll let you continue. That, I was so hard on myself, and... Feel free to be hard on me. If you guys are listening, I, I would love to hear your top six teams in the league. Probably I'll put out a post after we're done here. Truthfully, I was really hard on myself because I wanted to get this right. And I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll get blowback, but here we go. Buffalo at six. Buffalo could be number one. They could be number two, three, four, five. I put them at six just because, truthfully, I think I would pick every team above them to beat them. That's why. Five, Green Bay. Green Bay just had. This is their highest they've been for me. This is their, they just came off their best win. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers now with the COVID situation not, might not just miss one game, but potentially sounds like he's going to miss a second game uh, against Seattle coming up here. That might be a big blow to them. But with Aaron Rodgers healthy, beating Arizona, wow, they, they're a very good team. Um, do I think they're going to unravel with, like I predicted in this early year? Probably a postseason thing. Um, maybe it happens now with the whole COVID situation. Who knows? Four. Um, self-reflection on this team. I, I lowered them down. I think they have an argument to be number one. I think they also have an argument to maybe be number six. But it's Tampa. Uh, I love Tampa. They're still my Super Bowl prediction. But right now they're playing like the fourth best team. I don't think they're playing as good as the three teams above them. And truthfully... Um, I don't want to hurt them too much because of the Saints. The Saints just seem to be that that Achilles heel. Everybody else, they just obliterate. And the crazy thing is, is yeah, they lost to the Saints. They lost to Trevor Simeon. But Tom Brady, 
he threw four touchdowns. I mean, he, he actually played pretty well outside of his three turnovers, which are obviously uncharacteristic. Number three, addition of Von Miller and how good this team is and uh, just covering the spread on the Texans this past week and everything else. I, I, I love the Rams. I think the Rams are so freaking good, and I have them at three. Probably too low, but I have them at three. Coming in at number two, I didn't beat this team up too much, but I did move them down a peg. Arizona's number two. And the reason I have them at two is just because, honestly, I think they're better than Green Bay. And if A.J. Green knows what the heck he's doing, like he should after being in the league for 10 years, they beat Green Bay. So I had a really hard hard time putting them down even a peg. I thought about keeping them at number one still with their first loss. But, I mean, this team has already beaten the Rams already. They did lose the Packers, and they have some other good ones too. I I like Arizona, and I think they'll continue to win some ballgames here. But number one, Cowboy Nation, stand up, because you guys have a squad. Dak Prescott, unquestionably top 10 quarterback in this league, gets hurt and can't make the trip or uh, you know, can't suit up against uh, Minnesota on a, on a Sunday night. And, and Minnesota's can be a very tough place to play. And Vegas ended up changing the spread. They gave, they gave um, the Vikings the, the, they made the Vikings the favorites right before kickoff, you know, a couple hours before kickoff that day. The, the thing is, is Cooper Rush looked great. And I only equate that to the fact of really good coaching, really good roster, uh, he was distributing the ball pretty much everywhere, and it just goes to show you that Dallas has a squad this year, and they can really do whatever they want. And when Dak's back, I, I think they're the best team in the league. I mean, they have really good wins this year. They took Tampa, the only team they lost to, they took Tampa to the limits, and they've had success against everybody else, beating the Chargers, beating New England, beating the Vikings. They have a lot of good wins. I don't think they have any excellent wins. Nothing really stings off the top of my head like, oh my gosh, that was an excellent win. But they have a lot of good wins. And like I just said, those three teams off the top of my head, those are good football teams. New England, um, the Chargers, and Minnesota. Those are all fine football teams. So, What was your 10 and 9? 10 Saints, 9 Baltimore. Okay. 8 Raiders, 7 Titans. I got the right. Okay. And truthfully, Seven through eleven, there's a lot of mix up there. I think there's a lot of things there too, and I don't know if there's another team that you're potentially trying to squeak in or whatever. But that I feel really confident with my top eleven. I'll let you go. Yeah. So um, in the top ten, um, we only have one spot the same. We got a lot of the same teams, obviously, but only one spot do we have the same team. So it just goes to show, you know, anybody can make a list, and everyone can view it how they want. Um. Uh, I guess if I had to put an 11 team, the Bengals are in that spot. I have the Chargers, Steelers, Patriots all behind them. Not quite in the mix for top 10 yet, but teams that are ascending. Uh, Bengals at 11. They lost to the Jets. I'm going to put them right out of the top. Uh, They could be back in next week with a win, but uh, I'm going to put them there. Number 10. uh, Coming off the bye, I have the Baltimore Ravens at number 10. Um, we'll see if Lamar can continue to carry this team. They lose their starting Pro Bowl left tackle for the rest of the year. Uh, defense hasn't been as good as you like. And the last time we saw them, they got absolutely beat down by the Bengals. Will teams see something on film on how the Bengals were able to do that? I don't know, but 
Lamar Jackson has to backpack this team, and I think it might be a little bit too much on a quarterback. I think it's a different team, but the same style as the Seahawks in some case. They need Russ to do everything. This team kind of needs Lamar to do everything, especially with the injuries at running back. Number nine, this is almost criminal to have them at nine, but I am pre-punishing them for what I believe is going to happen. The Titans at number nine without Derrick Henry. I just think he's way too valuable to the team. Julio Jones has been too inconsistently hurt. Him in the backfield, I know you guys are like, well, they scored so many points, and he averaged three yards a carry with like 68 yards. There's literally eight guys in the box to stop him. There's one-on-one coverage everywhere, and teams will just ignore that. And it's it's going to change a lot for Ryan Tan on this offense, I believe, so I have them at number nine. Um, number eight. Um, maybe I haven't valued this team because I just haven't seen the name on the back of the jersey the right way, but the Saints are the eighth-best team right now in the NFL. They they have a absolutely strong case for number one defense. Um, you can look up any statistic you want for what Tampa has done with Brady versus everyone else and what he's done with the Saints. He has 11 touchdowns everywhere else, seven against the Saints. He's, you know, like 24 and six everywhere else. One and three against the Saints. One win did come in the playoffs. Imagine that. But essentially, this team has his number, but they also blew out the Packers. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've got some stinkers, but Sean Payton gets his team to play. When they get Taysom Hill back, I think they have a really good defense. They're going to be number eight. Number seven is the Raiders. And I know that some people may say, man, that team goes through turmoil. Like, you know, the stuff going on with John Gruden and Henry Ruggs, I think Mike Mayock and Al Davis have done absolutely a perfect job. Oh, John Gruden's having issues that are disturbing our locker room? Gone. Oh, Henry Ruggs is in some stuff that it looks like it's going to disturb our locker room and he's not going to be able to play football. They release him almost minutes after it's done. They don't tolerate things to screw up their locker room. They remove them, you know, Hope everything goes well. We're back on the football team. Since Gruden's left, that locker room's kind of looked more relaxed, and they've actually played much better on offense and defense since Gruden's left the building. Everyone looks a little loose, and Derek Carr's having an amazing season. He could potentially keep going and maybe be in the MVP conversation. Number six, <clears throat> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, their secondary is always going to have problems, but again, can't punish them too hard because the Saints are their kryptonite. This offense was humming. They hit a little bit of a roadblock. When they get Antonio Brown back, they'll be good. I thought they maybe should have tried to commit to the run a little bit more. And if it wasn't for that third quarter storm, Saints were beating them for three straight quarters. And again, but that's a top eight team. I just think that the five teams ahead of them are playing better and or are potentially better. And it's crazy because four of them are in the NFC with Tampa. So that that conference is amazing. Number five, Bills. <clears throat> Coming off the bye, it looks like, you know, they they stalled out of the gates a little bit, were slow on offense against the Miami Dolphins. Defense carried them. Then the offense kicked it on in the second half. They took care of business against the Dolphins, one by two touchdowns, I believe. But I just think this is one of the most complete teams, just everywhere across the field. They have, like, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are their big studs, but they are just A's all over the field, safeties, corners, front seven. They are just consistent across the board. There's no spot where they are truly weak. So I really like the Bills. Number four, the Rams. 
They get Von Miller. I want to see them with them. I just think the top three teams are ahead of the Rams right now. Maybe that's shame on me. One of the teams above them have already beat them. They've beat Tampa. Matt Stafford looks amazing. Cooper Cup's out here looking like, you know, he's the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, I just wish they had a little bit better of a running back. But to their credit, Daryl Henderson has played really well this season. Um, it hurts to say the Rams are at four because they could easily be one. They really could. The Rams are so good. But I'm putting them at four, actually right above the team that beat them. They lost J.J. Watt. Kyler Murray's a little bit hurt. And they fell to the Packers team who was had injuries all over. And they were at home with a chance to win it and didn't pull through. So the Cardinals, they fall to three. You know, they're one lost team now with four other teams that are in the top four. They can be graded as such. I said beforehand when they're at one, one loss could bring them down. It has. They're going to fall to three. Maybe it's recency bias, but to the team that just beat them, Aaron Rodgers, top three receivers gone, top two DBs gone. You know, all these injuries, they go into Arizona and win. I'm not going to stand this too much because this team could fall without Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love is not great. We'll see how, what the repercussions are with Aaron Rodgers and how long he's out. But, man, I'm so excited to get to the number one team, which I didn't know if you would have them there, but it's the Dallas Cowboys. This team has gone from preseason awful to bad to, okay, maybe they're they're decent, good to great defense. They turn the ball over. They stop the run. They get up to the pasture. Randy Gregory has had issues off the field. On the field, he is a maniac. He is so good on defense. They're, they're going to be getting Demarcus Lawrence back. Jalen Smith, problem in the locker room, not playing enough. Get him out of here. We like what we have going on. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke, Tony Pollard, all dogs on the perimeter, offensive line playing good. Cooper Rush comes in. And in my opinion, in the NFC and AFC, the two teams that are better than their records are the Colts and Vikings. The Vikings are a team that should win that game. And Cooper Rush played extremely well. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Kellen Moore has got this offense humming. And man alive, if you asked me today what my what my Super Bowl prediction is it's Cowboys versus the Bills. I mean, they're the top two on my rankings. And right now, I mean, the NFC is a gauntlet, so it's almost not even worth trying to predict the NFC. Cowboys, Packers, Cardinals, Rams, Tampa Bay. I mean, the Saints are going to be a wild card team possibly. So, man, so many good teams in the NFL. And you look across the NFL, how many six and seven win teams there are. Then you look at how many three and four. The NFL is crazy any given Sunday, man. But this last weekend was insane in football. Backup quarterbacks winning, teams that are injured going on the road and winning, you know, players getting hurt, players getting COVID. But the show goes on, and it's been an incredible ride. And Cowboys, number one. So that was our only team that we had in the same spot. Cowboys, yep. That's I did not expect you to have the Cowboys one. I thought Bengals. you were going to laugh at me. I thought you were going to if you were. It. We but, had them at uh, eleven. Okay, yeah, I, I, I struggle to to see a reason why Dallas isn't the best team, so I had to put them there. Right now, they're playing the best ball in a circum in circumstances where it just doesn't make sense, um, because they were, and I, I realized Dak was gone, but they were really bad defensively last year, like historically bad, and they're the opposite of that now, and. You know, last year they struggled 
with Andy Dalton, that quarterback. He played all right, but not great. Cooper Rush comes in, and he outplays Kirk Cousins on Sunday Night Football in his own place. Uh, part of me has to say, okay, that's coaching. I mean, it's got to be, right? It's got to be. I mean, yeah, they, they, I have, just, they have dudes. I feel like people really, like, they've, they've caught in this thing like, okay, Bill Belichick's a great coach, and he calls the defense. Sean Payton's a great coach. He calls the offense. Mike Tomlin helps with the defense. Pete Carroll defense. You know, this and that. Mike McCarthy's came in. He's like, you know what? I'm going to be a head coach that manages emotions and the boss. Jerry Jones is the the most impactful owner on his team. I think aggressively. I don't think it's questionable. Mike McCarthy deals with him and emotions of players and really lets Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore run their units respectively. So they are really a four-headed attack at the coaching, which you don't see in a lot of NFL teams now. Kyle Shanahan calls the plays. Matt LaFleur calls the plays too. Mike McCarthy can really just keep everything in line, manage emotions, expectations, you know, be really the voice from Jerry Jones to the rest of the team. Maybe Jerry Jones has a good message, but delivers it kind of the wrong way. Mike McCarthy can deliver it the right way. Teams on the same page. Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn are really doing their thing. I think this could be a magical year for the Cowboys. And in their back pocket, we don't have to rush Dak back. We have a five-game lead on our division. You know, if someone's got a sore knee, we're deep at most positions. They're they're so good. You watch them play, too, and it's like, oh, man, the wide receivers are cooking. They dump it off to Zeke. He'll break a tackle, fall for extra yards. Oh, man, and Zeke's out. Tony Pollard busts an 11-yard run. Like, this team is playing so consistent. And their one loss was opening week, opening night at Tampa Bay, Dak's first game off injury, banner night, and they force four turnovers, outgain them, and lose to a field goal at the gun to the defending Super Bowl champions. So, I mean, the, the Dallas Cowboys, I think the way that the, the Dolphins are almost winless is the same way the Cowboys are almost undefeated. They feel to me like the best one-loss team, and maybe that's disappointing because the Cardinals' loss is to who? The Packers. The Rams' only loss is to who? The Cardinals. Cardinals. Tampa Bay has two losses. Rams and Saints, who are right on their heels at five and two. These teams only lose to good teams, really. The Bills quarterback perfectly against them. Yeah, Bills. I argue that Green Bay played a perfect game against Arizona. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, the Rams played a perfect game against Tampa. The Saints even just played a really good game against Tampa. Um, who are some of those other ones? But I mean, truthfully, when you're trying to beat these top tier teams, you have to play really well. I mean, really, Dallas, their only loss was to Tampa. Tampa played well in that game. Not as good as, you could argue, Dallas played better. But, I mean, gosh, even the Packers, the Packers' one loss this year was to the Saints. The Saints played an immaculate game against them. Yeah, and you look at the Bills, uh, the Bills, the Packers, and the Cowboys. Their losses all came in the first week. I mean, the Bills, I'm, I know they slipped against the Titans, who are still a really good team, but... The the Packers to the Saints, the Cowboys to the Bucks, and the Bills to the Steelers, those are week one losses. You know, you're coming yeah. out, you're trying to see what you got. And the Steelers to beat the Bills, it took a blocked punt for a touchdown. Like, again, you yeah. got to play perfect and then even get some luck on your side to win these games. It, that's why we watch the NFL. It's so good. And anybody who's got a team in it or not a team in it, man, you look at what these playoffs are going to bring here soon. And it, 
man alive. It's going to be so f- – I can't wait for the playoffs. I don't want to rush these next nine weeks of football, of course, but you just look at all these teams and you can't wait to see them start beating the crap out of each other. You know, another thing about Dallas is the one of the things I've been super impressed with them about, it seems like they have, weirdly enough, gotten everybody's best shot, and it's not enough. You know, dating back to, to week one, it took a last-second field goal for the Bucks to beat them, right? Yeah. Then they get Justin Herbert, who actually, they played a great game, and the Chargers beat him 2017. The Eagles were coming off a pretty hot start to start the year, and they got blown out by three scores. Okay, then you get a Panthers team. He was undefeated. They were three and zero. Okay, they played really well in that game, and I think had a big lead at one point, and ended up losing that game to the to the Cowboys. Cowboys scored thirty six on them. Then the Giants. They beat down the Giants' divisional opponent. New England played a perfect game, had a chance to win the game, and lost to him. And then the the Vikings at home with no Dak against Cooper Rush. Dude, I'm sorry. The Cowboys are. They deserve to be number one. And if you're listening to this and you're a cowboy lover and you're like, wow, we really have a squad. Yeah, you do. If you're a cowboy hater, you, I mean, be mad because this team is there. They do things that a lot of people don't do. They draft best player available rather than for need. And it works out. A lot of people didn't have them taking a linebacker this year in the first round. They did. A lot of people did not have them taking a wide receiver last year in the first round. They did both home runs. The AFC North is wide open. AFC North, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. Absolutely. I think that thing is just, is there a closer division from first to fourth place than the AFC North right now? From first to fourth, I don't think so. The worst team has four wins and the best team has five wins. (laughs) I mean, more losses because of bye weeks and whatnot, but like, my goodness. Maybe the AFC West, Chiefs, Broncos, but the Broncos have three wins. Yeah, so that's yeah. nope. Actually, the Broncos just got their fourth win. In the, in the, yeah, they did. They beat Washington. And the Chiefs have four wins. And the, Ra- the, Raiders, the Raiders have five. Chargers and have four. The Chargers have four. Yeah, right there. So the AFC, yeah. yeah, I already mentioned it. The AFC, you know, the Titans without Henry are leading at six wins. And then there's 10 teams at five or four wins. Crazy. Crazy. And then the NFC is like, okay, here's our top five dogs. The Saints look to be like the sixth guy. Who knows who's going to be that seventh spot, but man alive. Yeah, that's why I feel so optimistic moving forward with New England. It's like it seems like they're starting to play good football, and really they've played good football all year outside of maybe the Saints game, but um, lots of like, and there's a lot of average teams. And if you're going to give me an average team and, and New England's an average team, I like our chances. So hey, what our, our preseason prediction for Jonathan Taylor to lead the league in rushing, just got a, uh, a nice, <laughs> nice little thumbs up. Yeah. And he's second for Derek. Well, you, it's still going to take Taylor like three games to pass. I was going to say he's still down <laughs> almost 300 yards. So he's going to take it some time. He's OP. Yeah. Well, that uh, that's a wrap. Anything uh, anything in closing here? No, man. Just uh, you know, Luca plays tonight. The Bulls play tonight. I know we haven't got our NBA pod out of the way yet. We we will be getting that to you guys soon. But uh, Luca and the Bulls were the two teams I wanted to see do well. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the East doing well, but um, 
Been watching the Bulls and the Mavs close. Levine, DeRozan, Luca, Hardaway. They both play tonight, so I'm excited about that. Tune in if you guys aren't watching, man. There's like eight games on tonight. Cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. Join us on Sunday. Real Talk Live, 11 a.m. Talk all your favorite games, all your favorite teams. Um, We'd love to have you. And we'll see you guys next week on another episode of Real Talk. Power Rankings. Sunday from Pittsburgh. Coming at you. Yeah, Brad's going to be live from Pittsburgh on Sunday. Obviously, he's going to be hyped for the Monday Nighter. Um, and, and New England's got a really big game against one of my teams that I'd like to talk about in the Panthers. So, lots to talk about Sunday. We're excited. I know you are too. We'll see you next time. We'll talk later.